0: Mesdames et messieurs, écoutez bien, welcome to Fashion Mode with Charles Daniel Macdonald on World Radio Paris and Monaco. Brought to you in association with Force Magazine. Bonjour and welcome to Fashion Mode. This is a Primetime Fashion Show for World Radio France brought to you in association with Force Magazine. I'm Charles Daniel MacDonald, and I'll be hosting the show exclusively for the WRP Network. Coming up in today's show, I'm going to be critiquing the Resort 2022-2023 collections, also known as Cruise Collections, from all the top international design houses. The day before presenting her Chanel Resort collection on a sandy runway, slicing through the pebbles of the Hotel Monte Carlo Beach in Monaco, the brand's artistic designer, Virginie Viard, was in a nostalgic mood as she gallanded her models in jewellery dripping with gilded dolphins and seashells and the sack monaco in the red and white color block of the Monegasque flag. In the cavernous space of the hotel's poolside art deco ballroom, Viard recalled many happy moments spent there with Carol Wagerfeld in the moneyed, minuscule principality where he maintained an apartment and leased the extraordinary Belle Epoque Villa La Vige. It was on the terraces of this villa that Viard remembered Lagerfeld shooting Linda and Cindy in the iconic sequence Scuba Jackets from the spring nineteen ninety-one collection. That was very funny, she recalled. I adore La Vigie, and at the end I was here for every year, for the Bal de la Rose with Carl, Princess Caroline, Charlotte, and the shootings. We would always end up going to Rumpoldi, which was Lagerfeld's favourite restaurant. It was those memories of Princess Caroline and her equally beautiful daughter, Princess Charlotte, several of whose birthdays and weddings Viart had attended. It sat at the show next to the French rapper Adele Almeek and across the pontoon from the South Korean rapper G-Dragon. This infused the spirit of the collection, as well as a playful take on what else Monte Carlo means to the designers. The casino, Helmut Newton's girls, the car races, we like to play with all these cliches, said Viard, and she drew inspiration from collective memories. Sofia Coppola, for an example, who filmed the resort collection with her brother Roman this season, remembered a family trip to watch Ayrton Senna race in the 92 Monaco Grand Prix. Noisy, glamorous and exciting, she said, when they were all invited to stay at La Vigie. It was incredibly luxurious, Roman recalled. The linens, the beds, just everything. It was thinking of those races, by the way, of Charlie's Angels. Viard dressed her girls in racing drivers, all-in-ones and mechanics overalls, although these were heavily sequenced and perhaps designed as a trompe l'oeil, jacket and pant combinations. There were silk prints of waiver starting flags fashioned into drifting chiffon skirts, which grazed the ankles and tweeds woven from images of mass cars on the tracks, abstracted on the loom into a shimmer of asphalt grey and brilliant primaries. And for purses, how about an adorable mini full-face driver's helmet, sure to be high on the Chanel addicts must-have list. There are, incidentally, real helmets too, if racing is your game, and number five is your lucky number. There were also wrestling shorts, biker jackets, cricket sweats, Tennis rackets, if you're so inclined. The Helmut Newton inspiration, meanwhile, meant some sexy attitude in the shirt dresses, slouched off a shoulder and with a plethora of short shorts and minis that brought them to the promise of summer. The wonders of the 19M ateliers of craftspeople were reflected in touches like the bouquets of beautifully crafted silk flowers, an evening silk bristling with feather fronds, supplied by Le Maire, and witty t shirts sequined to suggest driver's tops, sleeves branded with linking seas. Then there were scat- scattered pretty floral embroideries by the storied houses of Lesage and Montau. It's very inspiring to be here, said Viard, looking across the pool and the Mediterranean waters to the high rise metropolis, rising up the hills beyond. It's easy, just like Viard's breezy collection and her uncomplicated vision for dressing today's Chanel women. Over at Louis Vuitton, the person on my right saw superheroines. The one on the left saw the Amazons of Greek mythology and female warriors who matched men in strength and agility. Nicholas Gasqueri himself used the word goddesses. Has he ever been as audacious? If so, it's been recently in the two post-pandemic Paris shows. Together with today's in Southern California, the former sort of trilogy, starting in the 19th century and making a pit stop to the 90s of his own post-adolescence, before zooming off into a utopian future. At all three, Gaskiri has set to break down dress codes and build up complex silhouettes. We haven't seen this before. And at a preview, he said, I think we've all been going through a lot these past couple of years, and I think that in a moment, there are a lot of possibilities to be explored. So I guess I'm taking my part in that. I feel very free just now. Gascari has made a tradition of staging crew shows at architectural marvels. There was John Lautner's Bob Hope House in Palm Springs, Oscar Natrioli Museum in Rio de Janeiro, and Pai Mio Museum outside Kyoto, and now the Louis Kahn-designed Salk Institute in La Jolla. Kahn's masterpiece, the Salk Monumentality, is matched by its humanity, but Gascari was as switched on by its setting as its brutalist concrete. The guest of honour for the show is the sun, he said, poetically. The elements are also invited. This was a collection about playing with those elements, and as such he chose metallic fabrics and embellishments that reflected the setting sun. Some were as as mirrors, and others had material that offered protection from it, wrapping long swathes of linen, for example, around the head and across the body. Other pieces lifted design details from Water Sports and the airbrush colours of half-tops and boxy short skirts apparently came from jet skis. Giscieri is a designer whose collections are minimally poured over and studied and some of these gestures looked like callbacks to earlier seasons only amplified and maximal where he used to be minimal and streamlined. The show began and ended with a bang and opening dresses, one more voluminous than the next, were cut from robust jackards. He compared them to molten lava and they looked like they really could have repelled enemy fire. The effect was almost stately, but soft soled sneakers they put pads on as well. At the finish came a trio of jackets with enormously sculpted collars as shiny as armour, perched above tinsel sleeves. These outfits were nothing short of extraordinary, imaginative and almost otherworldly, Giscary was fighting on all creative cylinders here, creating a positive feedback loop, and Joeft wanting to be one of his Amazon superheroine goddesses, even if it was only for the night. Alessandro Michele's line of reasoning has never been linear. The collections he creates are prismatic affairs, as visually diverse as they are infused by meanings, sometimes impervious to easy deciphering. His fascination for weird references and his love of history make him a collector of objects and memories, an archivist of galaxies of images, and not surprisingly, he called this resort collection Cosmogonies. A good shape, Michele has brought his collections to the places of esoteric, disquieting charm. The Promenade des Alicamps, in Ayres, ancient necropolis, or Rome's Musee Capitoni, overlooking the Fori Imperiali, where archaeological remains give off vives of splendour and decay. But as far as magical thinking goes, Castel de Monte, where he chose to show his resort, surely upstages his previous thinkings. <clears throat> a majestic fortress in the shape of octagonal torrented crowns, smack in the middle of Puglia's flat countryside. It was built around the 13th century by the Emperor Frederick II, a maverick monarch, poet, polygot, mathematician and musician, who presided over a sophisticated multicultural court of astronomers, artists and warriors. In the castle's construction, the number 8 was obsessively repeated as an arcane bearer of meaning, And it goes without saying, that Michele was drawn to the genius loci of this rather extraordinary setting. I was looking for a place to give grace to the mythological, he said. It's a site where measurements and proportions cross each other as if by magic. The same way measurements of collars and jackets can somehow be magical. And for Michele, the mystery of Castel de Monte resonates with the enigmatic genesis of his creativity which operates through the need for putting together constellations of signs and symbols. Mikhail's collections seem to be part of a complex and well-orchestrated flux of consciousness, gelled into attractive visual denouncements. While widely Instagram-compelling and immediate, they're often substantiated by high-flouting and eurydite creations. The idea of cosmologies of constellations was born after reading a German philosopher, Hannah Ardent's essay on Walter Benjamin, whose library was confiscated by the Gestapo, leaving him unable to access the eclectic network of other people's thoughts that nurtured his entire over. Michael has often built on tension and vitalities on the past to make his own version of the future and the present. Clothes are mediums and stratas of languages, he said, and putting together fashion or making fashion doesn't just mean about being a tailor or chronicling just a one-dimensional narration. Putting together a collection has to do with talking your idea to the world because fashion is deeply connected to life and humanity. Fashion isn't just a hieroglyph that one way we can understand. It's about life. It speaks a multitude of idioms, And it's a huge choir from which nobody has to be excluded. It's like being in the sea, in the ocean, and casting out someone or something is not being fair to the complexity of life. Mikhail's journey this season manifested in a show intended as a rave, he explained, where his skills as a costume designer were boosted by the theatrical exuded by the location. I thought the castle shouldn't be kept shrouded in silence, but had to be lived and celebrated, as it probably was when it was built. A sort of California, the Silicon Valley of the time. Under a full moon, his constellation of characters paraded around the fortress, lit by projections of stars and galaxies, and the idea of Cosmogony was only tangibly translated into actual shapes and decorations. The designer's recurrent theme of the metamorphosis was hinted at through unobtrusive prosthetic insertions in some of the dresses. Dresses become bodies, and bodies become dresses, also by an unrelenting panoply flow of divergences. Chatelaine's and gogo girls, demure bourgeois ladies, and spectacular nocturnal creatures, long limited lovers of bondage, shifting thigh high waist up stiletto boots and romantic heroines swathed in yards of velvet. It was a feast of coherent discrepancies, tied together by historical references, portrait collars, plissé gorgets, crusaders' capes, trains and medieval crinolines, and by the incendiary shimmer, as he called it, luminous textures danced under the white. Women have often worn constellations on their bodies, said Michel, as a sort of conceptual pirouette. Just think of Marilyn Monroe's famous last dress studded with crystals. She looked like the beautiful tail of an impalpable comet. And what goes around comes around, but no one performs past to present manic, just like Michelle. You could see the crest of the 30-foot blue one wave from several blocks away on Pacific Avenue in Venice Beach, part of the impressive ocean-themed runway set design that was constructed for DRL's men's show. With Californian designer Eli Rosso, Lince of ERL signed on as the house latest guest designer, it made sense that the creative director Kim Jones would choose to show the capsule collection against the backdrop of this well known LA Beach Run. I grew up in Venice Beach and I came to the street all the time, said Lynette, speaking at a preview before the show. This is basically my backyard. Lynette's story is straight out of Hollywood. A film student turned designer, he cut his teeth in Kanye West's artistic studio, directing videos for the likes of Tiana Taylor. He counts Lady Gaga as a former co-conspirer too. He was her personal photographer. Since launching his ERL brand back in 2018, his fan base has swelled on a year and include the likes of ASAP Rocky and Hailey Bieber. He's also one of the several Bright Young finalists, up for this year's LVMH prize. We have a lot of people in common, said Jones, explaining that the pair were introduced by a mutual friend and started the conversation over DMs about a year ago when Jones arrived at ERL HQ in Venice Beach to work on their capsule collection. Their creative chemistry was almost instant. I was 99% excited at the idea and 1% scared I would lose myself just because Sim has such a strong vision of the world and his collections are so refined and striking. My world is much more chaotic, he said, but the second came came into the studio, things felt more easy and more seamless. The pair used Lent's date of birth 1991 as a jumping off point for the collection, mimicking the Dior archives for the clothes that were created that year. I think people would assume that I would be more into the Galliano archive because it's so theatrical, but actually through my research I became more interested in diving into something that hadn't been touched before. They landed on the maximalist elegance of Gianfranco Ferré's designs for the French house, the kind of opulent tailoring that you might have seen sauntering down Rodeo Drive at the time. Cue the opening look, a gently padded silk suit in Dior's signature dove grey, created with lining twisted inside out and worn with wide-legged pants puddling over cheeky skater sneakers. It was a sweet marriage of Parisian executive realness and so-cal-cool, or so you might call, California Couture, a slogan that appeared on a few cosy turtleneck sweaters. Several of ERL's quirky design flourishes were filtered through a sophisticated lens. There were baggy skater boy shorts galore, only done up for the evening, and an eye-catching beaded trim. Clearly, Lynette's and Jones had a lot of fun dreaming up the accessories, and according to Lynette's, the pillbox hats worn backwards with faded veils, were a cheeky nod to Jackie O. Strung on a heavy-duty gold chain and worn across the body, the tiny tinsel saddlebags were very easily elevated to give a take on a classic skater keychain wallet that's bound to be a hit with your men's streetwear fashion guys, alongside those ingenious sneakers. The yin-yang motif Lynette's is known for got a look into, and this was rendered in an intricate embellished wave on a grey marrow hoodie. It's interesting to see how Kim works because he really approaches everything like a film director and that's very similar to me. In a sense, the bigger picture, he felt decidedly fresh and an example of what can happen when two creative minds from seemingly different ends of the fashion spectrum and ends of the world come together to exchange ideas and find common ground. In the new fashion landscape, playing it safe hardly feels modern, exchanging ideas in a free wheeling way is set with a new wave ahead, whether you're in SoCal or beyond. bands always about a kind of celebration spirit so said julien docena opening a conversation about his cruise collection over zoom from paris the fantasy fun times docena draws on always seem to hover somewhere between the decades of the 60s and the 80s intercut with contemporary 2020 young french girl twists of styling of course The reference behind this particular collection is obviously one of those in-between ones that confuse and confirm a brand's identity. A 1968 comedy starring Peter Sellers and explaining the concept behind it, if explanation gets us anywhere, some of the glittery mini-midi maxi-silhouettes and the fake backdrop sets paid homage to this. The Senna related on how he stumbled upon the party for the first time. It's really funny and aesthetically interesting because it's all set in a kind of LA film producer's house in Hollywood in the 60s. A crowded party with lots of different looks and attitudes that was super interesting to work on. To get that celebration spirit in a way that could be a little bit off in the proportions. Really though, Docena was more focused on putting forth direct, easy, accessible cause, Just as well now, because the obscure Blake Edwards' comedy hinges on its Khoatsi star, playing in brownface and pretending to be Haruni Bakshai, an accident-prone Indian actor. Hardly producible today, although Wikipedia notes the movie was popular in India at the time. For Desena, the cusp of the 70th party theme provided an ideal landscape for his war X nits sweat, maxi-tube skirts and matching bras and his playful riffs on the Paco Rabanne house heritage of pallets, sequences, and chainmail that he so successfully brought up to date. Zooming in on the pictures, Docena described a tiny silver sequence dress with an abbreviated peplum as an Eddish Sedgwick mini dress with an explosion on the skirt. Slinkier silhouettes were draped from stretchy dresses, a high-slip maxi dress, which was held in place with a brooch, stylized by 40 star prints on Dippy Hem dresses, and a glistening silver to gold palette dress, which further embellished with quints of crystal, which would satisfy anyone who might be inspired to carry over the Met Gala's gilded theme into next fall when the collection drops. Meanwhile, accessories nesting upon the clothes tell a different story of how Docena has popularised and commercialised Paco Rabanne for a new generation. Tiny jewellery bags on chains, some of them made from linked metallic weathers, and others with jangly heart-shaped palettes, have the teenage holiday gift written all over them. It's true that Docena has other talents as a tailor, and a couple more grown-up Sergeant Pepper military-style pantsuits with spanking smart silver metal piping nodded towards that maybe that's the signal of what's to come when docena gets a chance to air his next runway collection in paris in a few weeks and that's a place where he's freer to push forward with experimentations the balenciaga show began with the ringing of the opening bell It was Sunday morning at the New York Stock Exchange and four traders had been replaced by Pharrell Williams, Yeh, Chloe Sevigny, Megan Thee Frank Ocean and the city's mayor, Eric Adams. Wall Street has taken quite a hit over the past few weeks with headlines about a rooming recession abound, but that suits the Balenciaga creative director just fine. Demna has never shied away from darkness or menace and this show was certainly no expectations. Waitek's bodysuits fully obscured his model's faces, and there were corporate radars of a different kind. We have to trigger emotion, he said backstage, wearing a face-obscuring mask of his own. We live in a terrifying world, and I think fashion is a reflection of that. I think it's quite urgent, and quite an urgent show. The invitation was a fat stack of fake $100 bills, and it's a mistake, though, to consider the collection or its representation as a critique of capitalism. The most important kind of challenge for any kind of creative is to make a product that's desirable and to create a desire. That's what fashion should always do, Demna said. To keep desire thrumming for its diverse audience, which is the point of these mid-season collections, the show was divided into three parts. It started with the introduction of a new wardrobe or wardrobe of what Demna described as upscale classic garments. The offering, he said was inspired by the launch of the house's couture collection last year and it was built on a foundation of tailoring. I realised we were missing this segment of the classic wardrobe, he said. Classic here meant suits and overcoast, cutting the oversized drop shoulder shape Demna favours which would have become hugely influential at all levels of fashion in the wake of that couture debut. Voluptuous silk jacquard pussy bow Browser's a la mini working girl acted as compliments and adding to the ativeness of this expression and in the day's real life menace a man was fatally shot on the subway not far from the stock exchange shortly before the show got underway the second element of the collection was evening wear in the form of a second skin sequenced gowns and silk trench dresses with trains to supreme elegance wasn't undercut by the pneumatic padded pumps they were worn with in contrast, supersized lace-up boots were paired with many of the show's other looks and, modelled by Ye in the front row, were memorably outlandish in their proportions. Part 3 showcased Demna's collaboration with Adidas and if he was trying to shake off the image of Balenciaga as a maker of high-class hoodies with guardrobes, he did a bang job of it. This section drove home the continued dominance of the sportswear category and there were tracksuits, scaled-up t-shirts... Boxers' robes, track dresses, all bearing Adidas iconic strips. A modified trefoil logo, or the Balenciaga name spelt on its partners in lowercase typeface. Much of it was available to buy pre-order on balenciaga.com after the show. Set against the background of a glitchy stock market and an ineminent crash, this Balenciaga show was confident, versatile and a little bit dangerous. But then again, that's Demna all over. rewilding and rechilding and as taglines go Stella McCartney has herself a winner this season who hasn't dreamed of returning to their youth before we'd heard about the threats or seen firsthand the impacts of global warming rewilding for those not plugged into the climate change conversation involves restoring and protecting wilderness areas by more or less letting nature take care of itself McCartney is both the creative director of her own brand and fashion's foremost sustainability component. She's been reading up on the subject of rewilding by the vicious naturalist Miriam Rothschild, nicknamed Queen Bee, and is putting some of its principles into practice at her home in the English countryside. On a Zoom call, she cheerfully promised it can be done on a Manhattan fire escape too, by adding soil and a little log pile to a shoebox and leaving it be. Nature will come, you'll see, she told, as long as it's one of my neighborhood's red tail hawks, and not the other kinds of wildlife New York City is so well known for. The designer's natural born optimism permeates this season, and was shot in and around her eco factory in Novora, in Italy. McCartney has reason to feel positive, as uh, she reported eighty-five percent of the collection was produced sustainably and in-house record. Among the developments here are bags and trainers made from grape weather, a material created from grapes, waste produced in the winemaking process that is more readily available than mycelium leather alternative, she's also championing. The rewilding and rechilding concepts she spoke about manifested on a twist neck blouse, printed with creatures forced out of Great Britain by civilization. The links is included and in brightly coloured cotton broderie anglais dresses and separates the sweetest doll's clothes. It was here she cut her trademark, boss tailoring in tiger-striped jacquards and soft pink wool, but she also played around with miniskirts, her shortest in recent memory. All in all, you could say McCartney took the theme to her heart. Low-slung yellow jeans and a cami in the same acid shade, conjured by her 90s wild child days. Halcyon Memories. I hope you can join me for the next fashion mode show where I'm going to be investigating the obscure world of the influencer. With more details and features to follow, you can catch up with all the fashion news on forcmagazine.com and at Force Magazine on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also keep up to date with the latest shows directly from Mixcloud, Podbean and our official profiles on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play and Deezer under Force Magazine. Until the next time, keep your fashion mode on.